Well, what you pour in there, Alex? Uh, Maker's Mark. Ooh. The best dice bag that also comes with alcohol. Yes. <laughs> that, no, that's Crown Royal. <laughs> no, oh, Crown, yeah, Royal, Crown Royal. Crown Royal. I have a Crown Royal bag right here. It says can, Crown Royal on it. How can you, how can you tell Mac doesn't drink? <laughs> no, you know what? I was getting it confused because Maker's Mark is uh, one of Tila's favorite drinks, and we have a bottle of it sitting out in my counter. So I just got. Hey, and by stuff. the way, as a as a, a pro tip, if you can get the uh, the Crown Royal Black Edition, I think it's called, you yeah. get a black Crown Royal Ooh. bag. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> I want that. It was worth it. It's Sunday, January seventeenth, twenty sixteen, and you're listening to episode thirty one of Roll Up and Die. You're the Goblin King. I want my brother back, please, if it's all the same. What's said is said. But I didn't mean it. Oh, you didn't. Please, where is he? You know very well where he is. drippy wax yeah. seal. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also kind of a snob with my with my mm-hmm. vices because I mean, if you're going to have a vice, why would you skimp on it, you know? Yeah, yeah if you're going to have a vice, you need to put on your fedora and <laughs> exactly. light up your corn cup <laughs> you know? pipe and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you got to drink whiskey, drink the good stuff. Don't don't skimp. Meanwhile, I mean, I'm drinking Jack Daniels with honey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you <laughs> Mm. What was that, Matt? That was a off-brand grapefruit seltzer water. So, mm. tell me, tell me about your t- t- talk to me pretentiously about your seltzer water. Well, it can only be bought at Safeway, uh, which is a uh, 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 local to my area, and um, it's uh, naturally flavored grapefruit <clears throat> seltzer. Uh, contains <laughs> only carbonated water and natural flavor. Zero percent juice, mind you. <laughs> oh, nice! And the reason why I drink seltzer water is because I'm trying to wean myself off of soda, and seltzer water is basically just water, yeah. so it's hydrating, and I'm trying to be better about that. So, nice. Uh, I'm actually drinking an off-brand of soda. It's called uh, Coke Vanilla Zero. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've already made that joke. Not on this show. No, I made it wait, to a hangout once. Oh, that's right. Because you said, oh, yeah, I'm having a... Uh, but now it? everybody knows that I just reused the old jokes. It's now fine. everybody knows. You just outed me. No, hey, here's a GM tip. If it's good, use it again. If it's good, that's use right. it again and again and again. Even and again. when your players are like, that's right. bro, this is the third time. <clears throat> hey, man, didn't we already do this? And you're just no! like, no, we didn't. No, that was this thing. Now it's this thing. Yeah. So, that's right. Uh, it's a but subtle it, difference, but important. Yeah, exactly. it's also a good joke. I think yeah, it's a pretty for good sure. Joke. It's it, it. You know what? It's still got a chuckle out of me, even though I had heard it before. So yeah, clearly, it's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What other things are you guys pretentious about? Like, I, I like that. I, li- I like the idea of being a little snobby about some things. Uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm really snobby about music for some reason. But it's oh, not God. like yeah you are. Oh, but it's but it's not like I'm like uh, I'm snobby about weird stuff. Like I don't know I don't know like I I'm really into heavy metal like it's my favorite genre mm-hmm. of music but I'm so snobby about it and I'm like oh 
that metal band no you want to listen to this metal band now that yeah. now they're a metal band because one of if you're a metal fan one of your favorite pastimes should be arguing about what constitutes metal yes <laughs> oh god that's just yeah. hard rock yeah that's yeah <laughs> exactly no i'd say that's uh that's uh that's new metal which is not metal but it says metal in its name no but it's not but it's not it's more rap than metal so you know so would you rather have lead or gold they're both metal <laughs> exactly huh? exactly huh? and i and i and i responded a little poorly <laughs> matt's not completely you know pretentious about no about i'm i am pretty snobby but <laughs> but i want to i want to name some bands and then you say either metal or not metal okay metallica uh, metal for some albums. <laughs> metal. <laughs> from, it sounded like you were saying metal while being stabbed by from metal. From Kill 'Em All to uh, And Justice for All, they're metal. After okay. that, they delve into hard rock. All right. Iron Maiden. Metal. Avenged mm. Sevenfold. Metal. <laughs> Yeah. Ish, I would say that I would say that a lot of the tracks are definitely metal, and some of them are a little bit more hard rocky. Yeah. yeah. Now, some of them are a little poppy too. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I, I I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, "Oh no, Avenged Sevenfold isn't metal because they're you know they were founded after 1992 or something like that." Like clearly, they are a metal band, but they often veer into other genres, which isn't necessarily a bad yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, Alex, do you have any? What What are your Oh, well, apart from my vices, you know, uh, uh, I guess I have kind of weird uh, uh, pretentiousness about blacksmithing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like when I I want to use old old school tools. Um, like, I have a hand crank blower, and you know, rather than an electric one, most of the modern blacksmiths use like an electric blower, and I, and I, I prefer the hand crank just just to, you know, to get the more old school feel of it. Right, right. right. So things like that. I mean. Uh, that's a pretty <laughs> narrow sort of niche that most people aren't going to be able to identify with. But. No, no, but, but I, I get the example. Like a lot of people are like, you have to open a bottle of wine with this corkscrew, or like, mm-hmm. and it tastes better if you do it with a hand right. corkscrew right. instead of with the automatic thing. And it's like, yeah. there's no way that is physically possible. But I get it. Yeah, I'm pretty snobby about steaks too. Like, uh, you know, yeah. like I, I've had friends order a steak at like Applebee's, and I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> Dude, I've never had, you know what? I've ordered, I think that might be the only thing I've ever ordered at Applebee's, and I've been there, you know, quite a few times, yeah. and it's never been a good story. No. <laughs> no. No, you're not, no. not going to get a good steak story there? No, not, not even. Uh, <laughs> mine is people using music production terms incorrectly. For example, <laughs> hey, can you put some echo on that? When they clearly mean reverb. Reverb, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god! Just... Oh. No, you yeah. don't. You don't want echo. No one wants echo. No, you I don't want, want echo. reverb. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, it's y- you gotta find what you love. Yeah. And let it kill you. And then become a dick about it to everyone else. <laughs> or just become a dick about it to everybody else. Oh, exactly. Man. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, those th- those are some pretty good vices, I think, outside of role playing games. And I think again, you know, pretentiousness isn't a bad thing because yeah. it's just trying to educate people. Yeah, it's weird though because about, like, what, about R- what's right, about, about what's, what's right, right. about exactly. the only way. It's weird though because <laughs> RPGs are like they're like my main hobby and my main passion, but I'm not really snobby mm-hmm. about them. Like 
Me neither. I don't know. It's weird. It's, uh, you know, the things that are kind of outlying hobbies, the things that I'm not super, super passionate about are the things that I'm kind of snobby about. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. That is interesting. Maybe yeah. it's because you don't have other friends that partake. Yeah, I think that might be it. And and so it's like when people are like, hey, have you heard this really cool metal song? And it's like, oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> like I just I just know it's going to be terrible. Well, it is if you go into it with that attitude. I know. That's the you thing know. is I do. But yeah. This is going to suck. Oh, this is going to be awful. Can't even yeah. believe it. When we were when we were taking just a bunch of people into the recording studio and recording bands uh, more than we are now, it was... Uh, it was that was probably the worst, <clears throat> the most dreaded word I could ever hear was metal. Oh, because yeah. I'd ask, "Hey, what genre are you guys? You know, oh, we're we're a group of kids out out of Albuquerque. We want to record. What genre? Oh, metal." And I'm like, "Oh, great." So I'm gonna have to tell the neighbors, "Hey, we're gonna be recording some really <laughs> shitty music between the hours of eleven and three. I'm sorry. Half the money I'm taking for this is going to my neighbors. <laughs> You're like <laughs> one of them. At some point, it'll sound like we're done. We're not. It's just the breakdown." <laughs> It, it'll keep going. Don't worry. <laughs> At some point, it'll sound like we're done. Oh God, it's never ending. Oh. Um, um, you know, speaking of music, we uh, we lost someone today who was very uh, influential in the realm of music, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, Matt, you take that away, man. Well, yep. so uh, David Bowie uh, died recently, and I was a a huge fan of his. And his music was very important to me mm. uh, a while ago because, uh, you know, he he was a big proponent of just being yourself and expressing yourself in, in whatever way you can. And he was also a big fan of, you know, you don't have to just be one person. You can have mm. different passions and be different people at different times. And you can, you can, you know, leave something and move on to something else and then come back to that first thing. You know, he was he was always progressing always changing always doing different things with his music and so um yeah he was really important to me and it it was one of those things where i hadn't i hadn't super listened to his stuff in the last few years and so when i had heard that he had died it was like finding out that a friend had died that i hadn't talked to in a long time and it really hit me like i found out this morning and i woke up and i already had a headache and i was in a terrible mood because it was monday and then i looked on my phone and saw you know David Bowie passes away at 69 and I was like you gotta be kidding me like this is the worst day um Mm -hmm. but I listened to his music today and Mm -hmm. it put me in a better mood and I listened to his last album uh called Black Star and he wrote this album knowing he was dying he he found out 18 months ago that he had cancer and instead of going through chemotherapy and going through surgeries and trying to uh delay his passing he instead wanted to you know retain his musical and creative ability and he decided to make this last album and it's a it's a wonderful album it's really good it's like really even, good. even if he wasn't passing away this album is great but the fact that mm. he wrote it about his impending death and when you listen to the lyrics you're just like this guy like made one last great piece of art before he passed is just it's awesome but yeah. i wanted to take the opportunity to to try and tie his passing into our episode tonight and honor him a little bit and be creative and mm-hmm. try to be inspiring uh, in honor of uh, good old David Bowie. So yeah, I think tonight we're going to talk about goblins in honor of his character, Jareth the Goblin King from The Labyrinth. From what movie? Indeed. <laughs> don't, don't be that guy, Barker. Don't be that guy. Not today. <laughs> Not today, Barker. <laughs> Not, Not today. in front of David Bowie. Not today. No. 
<laughs> I actually was going to watch it today, but I couldn't. I was in town all day running errands, yeah. and so I still haven't seen Labyrinth, but I'm just going to have to watch it with my that's wife. That's all right, man. That's all right. We can still talk about Goblins. I think uh, Teal and I are going to watch it tonight. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They've already watched it a whole bunch of times with my kids. They, yeah. Uh, they lo- they, they'd love Labyrinth. It's so. a wonderful movie. It really is. And I think, I think a lot of people in our hobby are familiar with it and grew up with it, so... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I am absolutely the minority. I might be the only one. <laughs> I mean I'm the, it. I'm the only one. Which means, Barker, that you can be snobby about not having seen the labyrinth because you're the only person. So you can be kind of, you know, snobby about that. Yeah, I've I've mentioned to Heather, like, all right, I want to watch these movies, and she said, But that'll kind of ruin your persona and roll up and die. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, then you'll have been the been the guy that sees movies instead of the guy that hasn't seen them. Yeah, so now I'm the guy that sells out to the character. <laughs> no but actually i love goblins like i love goblins and the main reason i love goblins is because of runescape okay because they were just so easy to kill yeah and for some reason that just affected me and i just put goblins in everything and um and then like like usual uh this this thing happens as at least has happened to me quite a few times throughout role-playing is that I will get used to something and then find a cool way to put new spins on it, and then right. you know, it, it, you know, try out hobgoblins and cool other things like that. And mm. I think goblins are currently the most one of the most underused enemies because people think they're the most used enemy. Right. Yeah. And, and I love. And them. often when they're used, they're, they're very ineffectually used. You yeah. know, yeah. They're, they're more comic relief than an actual threat. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. Burgers like, you know, because everyone assumes that goblins are like the stereotypical low level, you know, first enemy that you face in D and D. They tend to naturally veer away from mm. them, as they would naturally veer away from like, oh, you all meet in a tavern or something like that. But yeah, like all yeah. you know, cliches and archetypes. There's there's a nugget of truth there. There's a nugget of why we use them so often, and so I think that uh, you know, goblins are that that uh, you know typical low-level opponent for a very good reason mm-hmm. yeah for sure so let's start by making bad goblins because yeah. this is not like i've used them a lot but uh, but i this is not an area of expertise for me and you know sorry bowie Bowie. <laughs> I, have the, I listened to that Flight of the Concord song today. Oh, oh he's yeah. in space. It's, it's, so that's, it's so awesome. Um, so let's go around a little bit. I don't have any dice in front sure. of me, so I'm just going to roll. The, yeah. Okay, cool. I got uh, I got my double D6s here. Oh, my gosh, man. You're slowly Woo-hoo. monopolizing the control. Yeah, I'm going to rest control from Barker, and then and then uh, I don't know kick what I'll him, do with it. Kick him off the podcast. I haven't made kick. it that far yet. But. Oh, okay. Uh, so... Uh, Barker will be one to two, Alex will be three to four, and I will be five to six. Excellent. That's four, so that's Barker. No, that's Alex. You just no, that's me. You're <laughs> already messing up. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so bad goblins. I guess um, uh, making them kind of weak and snivelly. So yeah. uh, make, make making goblins that it's all kind of fawning, you know, that kind of little whiny. Um, uh, what's what that kind of whiny fawning sort of thing? Oh, look mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the Avengers. They they're here to take our, our one gold piece. <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> I, I making them too whimsical. I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that that's that's the one thing that that would make them bad for me. That that kind of 
Pathfinder um, goblins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, having one or two like that as little NPCs, just like in a, you know, just like in a town, we have a town drunk or something like that. But, you know, but overall, they should be they should be menacing and threatening, and and they're not that stupid either. You know, they're yeah. cun- they, they they may not be book smart, but they're cunning. They're cunning, exactly. You know? They're clever. Yeah. 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 So stupid, yeah, so. whimsical goblins. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Right, I'm, gonna, right. I'm gonna roll again. One to three is Barker. Four to six is me. That's one Barker. Uh, I'm probably gonna say they're. There's a bugbear around them. Yeah. I'll say, and and they're mm. green. Yeah. The, 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 those uh. two things I've seen in in pretty much, e- at least every Wizards of the Coast adventure that I've played in or run mm. or run there that involves goblins there's always a bugbear yeah. yeah it's just it's it's just part of the uh part of, and what is a bugbear let's define that really quick for the people that's a, a bugbear is a is a type of goblinoid they're the largest goblinoid so they're they're big giant goblins that have fur and bear like noses yeah cool well they're always the round yeah there's always there's always something bigger with the goblins to keep them in line and help direct them, which is, you know, I mean, it's in line with goblin philosophy, but it's also like, well, the goblins aren't really a threat then if they're always being directed by somebody else and all you have to do is walk mm. in the cave and be like, hey, are you the bugbear in charge? Yeah, I'm going to kill you. And the rest of these sure. goblins are going to scatter. Right. And uh, yeah. I would add to the bad goblins that they, just that, that they they often retreat or surrender if if the battle goes south like it's very it's i've i've seen a lot and i've used it a lot is the the last goblin throwing down his weapon i surrender i surrender you know and oh cool now we can learn about the wizard that's controlling the dungeon because we'll ask the (laughs) goblin about it and then we'll yeah then we'll slit his throat and not feel Mm -hmm. bad about it because he's a chaotic evil creature so he's a goblin because he's a goblin there's there's no courage (laughs) yeah no courage yeah right so yeah those are those are good examples of bad goblins I think. Yeah. And I think those goblins happen frequently. Yes. So how do we make it better? How, how do we how do we make goblins better right off the bat? Hmm. Well, like Alex well, was I, saying, I think we we make them clever and cunning and hmm. scrappy. You know, we hmm. we give yeah. them resources and we give them you know kind of sharp survivalist minds that allow them to uh, you know excel at trap making and and laying ambushes and things like that. Like, there's a reason why goblins are so prevalent because they're pretty good at what they do hmm. well and working as a team yeah you know? one of the, I, I remember when uh this was this was when they were first making fellowship of the ring there was uh, uh someone there was an article talking about how they were making the the fighting styles of all the different races different you know mm. like the dwarves were short and stout so they were, they were making them you know more in close combat using their strength and low center of gravity and for the hobbits they they were it was more to do with teamwork so they they would they would back up each other. So they had each other's backs, and they were they were they would work more as a team, than, um, you know, because that that was their that was their strength. And I think having, um, you know, goblins kind of work the uh, same way. They're they're not very they're not big and strong, so they they work really well as as a team, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, coming up with their coming up with their own unique fighting style. Yeah. Like a, yeah. they move like uh, I'm I'm thinking of the scene in Fellowship where the yes. the Moria orcs those goblins are like swarming like insects like there's just mm, like yeah. they're they're pretty easy to put down but there's so many of them that you know you couldn't help to get through them all they would they would cut you down before you got through all of them yes yeah 
and I was actually about to bring those up. Like that to me is, I don't know how useful that is in a game scenario because that's more of a plot device than an encounter. Right. Uh, the swarm mm-hmm. of goblins, right? Because yeah. again, like you you can't hope to cut through all these goblins, but I just love, that was terrifying. Like seeing yeah. all those goblins, yeah. like that was scary because I don't care how weak they are. They will devour anything. Be- Absolutely. And, and, and the way they moved and the way they looked like insects, like they were just crawling mm-hmm. on the walls. That was just brilliant. That I was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah, like I, I, uh, I think the Pathfinder goblins are cute, mm-hmm. but I think they've done a lot of disservice to goblins in general, mm, yeah, and made yeah. them made them a lot less menacing and a lot less threatening. And then you look at like the the design of the goblins in say like fifth edition, and mm-hmm. they're like muscular. They're they're armored. They have uh, wicked-looking weapons. Their faces aren't as like impish and feyish. They're more kind of they look more like small hobgoblins do, you know. And yeah. I think that's yeah. bringing it bringing it back to no. These are these are monstrous creatures that are very good at what they do because they don't know anything else. You know, it's not like uh, you know they're uh, <laughs> you know, some like nerdy guy that you put in a cave. Like, all right, wait here for adventures, and then you're gonna run away. It's like no, these goblins like grow up in a in a culture of violence and aggression where if they don't stick up for themselves and kill, they're gonna die. And you know, so yeah, the, the goblins yeah. that you're facing are the ones that have defied those odds and actually you know survived in goblin culture. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love the way they look in, in 5e. They actually, they almost look like hobbits, but with it's all in the head is yeah. their <clears throat> goblinoid features. Like, yeah. everything else looks, like, muscular and bar- barbarian-esque. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And really cool. I so, think the other thing to think about, too, is that, uh, kind of like humans, like, you wouldn't consider, you know, all the humans across your world having the same culture, the same yeah, style, the right. same way of doing things. And because goblins are so... In, well, in usually so uh, uh, prolific, they're everywhere. Um, they would have their own culture, their own way of doing things, their own style, their own uh, unique, the, you know, their own unique aspect to right. them. And because they they look, they tend well. At least they're portrayed as more tribal and and more. Um, uh, I guess I, I don't like the word primitive, but you know, primitive. So they would be more tied to their location. Exactly. So mm-hmm. mountain. Mountain goblins are going to be very different than desert goblins, and would be very different than swamp goblins. You know, yeah. And and so wherever they are, they're going to take the take advantage of that terrain and surroundings. Absolutely, that's a really good way to make anything awesome right off the bat. Right mm-hmm. now is yeah. adapt it to the region. If yeah. it's snowing outside, how is that going to affect the goblins? You know, right. if it's raining, if it's a swamp, if it's mountainous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I love that, and I I think that you know goblins are incredibly adaptable creatures or at least most of the time they are and so you know putting them in a uh, you know what would you know like a desert or a tundra or you know some sort of inhospitable environment you know where they have not only survived but thrived somehow and uh you know designed things that allow them to survive in these conditions uh is always really cool like i love i love mm-hmm. uh i had a adventure set on top of a glacier one time and there were goblins on this glacier that had uh that used shields as sleds and had these like albino rats uh, as sled dogs. And they were mm-hmm. like, they, we had this chase with these uh, g- goblin sledders on top of this glacier. And it was just so fun. Cause they come out of nowhere and start jumping on top of the sled and mm-hmm. start, you know, and that's what they do is they, they, you know, 
uh, waylay this trade route and stuff like that. And so, yeah, putting them in a in a in a certain terrain and then tying them to that terrain is a really really good idea. I like that, uh, like sleds. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think uh, a while back, uh, you know, a community member Dungeon Master Johnny, who I'm not sure if he's doing too much uh, recently, but. Uh, he, I think, submitted an idea or came up with an idea of bungee jumping goblins. No, it was bungee jumping kobolds, actually. <laughs> kobolds, all right, yeah. okay, cool. But the, <laughs> just... but the same thing applies where it's like these yeah. small, scrappy creatures. It's like they have to come up with ways to compensate for the fact that they're small or the fact that they're weak or yeah. whatever, you know, and so they come up with things like that. And that's just, imagine that being a really cool encounter where, you know, even if you use like a map or something you have, you know, in front of the party and, you know, every once in a while a goblin appears on the map because they've bungee jumped down and make their attack and they're going to disappear at the end of the round. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's just really cool. Well, yeah, imagine walking through a forest and suddenly they come swinging in on these ropes you know, from tree branches, who comes swing by, slice, and then swing yeah. out of the way, you know? That's a really cool idea. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Like, goblins are, I mean, they wear scavenged armor and use scavenged weapons and, mm-hmm. you know, cobble together all these things. It's like, you got to think about where are they getting this stuff from? Clearly, they are capable of killing <clears throat> people and stealing yep. their stuff if they have all of this, <laughs> all of this scavenged stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and they're often portrayed as, as stupid, by yeah. you know by a lot of people but they're i mean they're average intelligence right you know then then they're not the, they're not you know wizard class of, of intelligence but they're smart you know mm-hmm. they lack in wisdom but that's just because again they're they're, they're more primitive they're not as uh, sophisticated as say you know um you know uh, a regular human society in in the typical D world let's say right yeah. but but they but they are smart they're not they're not dumb, and yeah. and I think that's one of the big mistakes. It's really easy to uh, just start portraying them as 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 stupid and goofy, and uh, it, it that that just makes them uh, a you know a comic relief as opposed yeah, to an actual threat. Yeah, a yeah. nuisance. You know. Yeah. And, and you know when you really follow through with that and make them clever, Alex, you end up with one of my favorite monsters, which is the hobgoblin. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which dude. To me, the hobgoblins are like the Mongols, yep. but yeah. you know, no horses. Just like militaristic <laughs> society, just amazing. The monster manual, especially fifth edition, it does a really good job covering it. Like I just love reading about them. Absolutely, and just organized. Yeah, like hobgoblins yep. to me are the epitome of lawful evil, like strict yes. regimented evil that <clears throat> is like. Hey, you know how goblins are kind of terrifying when they're, you know, swarming over you? Okay, well, imagine if they were super organized and had really nicely maintained armor and weapons. Oh, and spellcasters, you know, just like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's terrifying, you know? And if you really want to up the ante, you know, you can, you know, go the, like, Saruman route and have them have, you know, war machines and explosives and yeah. things like that. Because hobgoblins yeah. absolutely utilize that kind of stuff, you know, every every occasion they can. That's a really good example also if you're looking for something out of the real world, which it's actually a work of fiction, but the movie and, and novels are in the real world, is yeah. the Urukai from yeah. The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Super hobgoblin-like. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I've always thought of the Urukai as kind of hobgoblin-esque, e- even in the design of their yeah. armor and their weapons and yeah. stuff. And, you know, when they march and they have these really, like, organized, you know, marching orders and things like that, like, that's that's very hobgoblin. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Alex, I have a question somewhat yeah. about the subject. 
Yes. Because you were talking about, and this will allow you to be a little pretentious about blacksmithing. Uh, (laughs) The Urukai's swords have Uh like a a point near the end of them, kind of like, what is that and why is that? Uh, well, it's 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 on the back, but what you could do with that is is puncture armor. Like in other words, um, uh, especially if someone's wearing plate armor, it's it's hard to get through that with a sword. You know, yeah. despite what you see in in movies like Excalibur, where you just slice through it and cut off someone's arm. Yeah, you know, it's not going to happen. Most of the most of the damage was blunt force trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they would do is a, a a knight would like hold the sword. They would hold the blade. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of combat fighting was actually holding the blade. Yeah. You know, and so they would they would like try to, you know, uh, get the point in between chinks in the armor. Well, with a sword like that, if you get that little spike on the end, basically, you know, if you, if you just turn that sword around and bring it down and puncture through that armor, you poke, poke a hole in someone. Yeah. Well, you know, you poke you poke enough holes in someone, they're just gonna bleed out. You know, you don't have to cut an arm off. You don't have to stab them through the heart. They're just gonna get get weaker and weaker as they keep bleeding. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think it's a pretty pretty cool design from that perspective. Yeah, and it's totally you know? totally utilitarian. Like, there's nothing pretty yeah. or about it. And I mean, even yep. the, even the edge doesn't look super sharp. It looks like it's mostly like relying yeah. on just the strength of the urukai to come. You know, hacking down. And you know, a, yep. a weapon like that, like you're saying, Alex, isn't gonna. It's not gonna slash through metal. So. Yeah, I love that well, little that little point. Although actually, something perfect. like that, something something like that actually could because basically it's it's just a long, uh, flat rectangle of metal, yeah. which is you know going to be heavy at one end, you know maybe a quarter inch thick, and then you know taper to uh you know your sharp edge on one side, and that thing's going to be heavy. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of weight. There's a lot of mass behind that. So when you swing that thing, you know with with a full, you know uh, let's say hobgoblin strength. You know, you're just going to drive that through almost anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic weapon for just destroying whatever you're you're. It's it's not it's not based on elegance or yeah. you know. Well, and I think finesse. Kinda, I think that kind of piggybacks on what we're talking about, though. If you take hobgoblins or goblins, and you're yeah. asking yourself, all right, what do I give these guys? Utilitarian, like you said, Matt. Yeah. These, you know, they're not going to worry too much about creating perfect like artistic weapons yeah if they find it they're going to want to keep it but you know everything is going to be all about survival exactly yeah well and doing yep. and doing the most amount of damage possible with the least amount of effort so you know yep. thinking about creating things that are designed for maximum efficiency not for like you're saying barker not for artistic you know creativity or anything like that it's like an elven weapon that looks like a leaf like it's going to be something that yeah. you know this thing hurts and it's designed to hurt you know yeah exactly yeah, but it, it also kind of depends on the culture. Like in oh, for sure. in, in, in in Lord of the Rings, for example, you know he was he was making the Urukai for, you know, he wanted to make them quick and dirty. You yeah. know, he wanted to raise an army fast because things were happening, you know, rather quickly. So th- then it was just down and dirty. But if you have a hobgoblin society that let's say they've been isolated in the mountains for centuries, then maybe they have developed a more sophisticated culture. Right now, they may still have the big, you know, bulky you know, uh, crushing weapons, but, you know, maybe, maybe in the, in the blade, they actually take time to carve, you know, this demonic, um, uh, figure of, of their, of their God in it, you know, with a, a scowl to, to black, to kind of bless the weapon in a way, right. or maybe they, uh, you know, carve the name of their ancestor in it or something like that. They, you know, they, they, they can still put their own form of art into it. I mean, even, even if you look at like a lot of the old Viking, uh, the the old Norse weapons and so forth. There was a lot of artistry put into them. It's true. Even though they were they were certainly a, you know, arguably a very brutal, you know, um, uh, 
brutal traitors, let's say, call them. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> brutal traitors, yeah. yeah very, very enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, so so if 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 they're not in constant combat, they you know, they might have the time to to do things like that. They would still have the reflection of that, uh, like using the utilitarian, basic, Spartan, you know, uh, idea behind it, mm-hmm. but... They, they could certainly put more into it based on their culture. Yeah, that's like the in the 5th edition monster manual, the, it, you know, the <clears throat> Hobgoblin, they're depicted as wearing almost samurai-esque armor. You know, this very, yeah, like, yeah. well-maintained, well-made <clears throat> armor that, I mean, it it's not fancy, but there's definitely flourishes to it that are designed to reflect the culture right. of the Hobgoblins, you know? That's a really so, good point, yeah. Yeah. And I... I, I, I I do want to ask you, Barker, is you, you mentioned a couple times that hobgoblins are like your favorite, like your one of your favorite monsters. So how how do you use hobgoblins in your world? Like I'm curious, are there hobgoblins in Ankea? Because we haven't encountered yeah. them. Yeah, they're actually yeah. Uh and I can't, I ran a campaign on uh Sean Vigvari's channel, right. the Gaming Beast. Yeah. And it wasn't mm-hmm. it was a one shot that turned into like a six part one shot and that was the running joke <laughs> yeah. and the it actually in my, in my opinion it was it's not my it wasn't the the best because i did a lot of weird crazy things in the one shot for fun and then everyone right. was like all right let's turn this into a campaign and you're like uh but i have to come up with an, a reason there's a green dragon here right <laughs> anyway yeah it's um but one of the things that i did is i put them uh, they were they were funded by a secret power that would supply them with arms and armor and uh they were slavers that was my Mm. probably the aspect that i gave them that i thought really fit well is that they their this entire uh, economy of brand new perfect weapons and armor uh, was driven by a mining uh, through mining these materials in the ground via slaves. And so okay. that was one of the things was kind of rescuing these slaves. Um, but uh, but I, I just thought that fit really well. Absolutely. I just love how hobgoblins are. I think maybe that's what I love about them is that goblins are great, but they're so much scarier when they're hobgoblins. Yeah. Like when, when they think and they know and they right. barter yeah. and they hate. That's just insane to me. I, yeah. I just love that creature. For sure. Another great example of a of a hobgoblin-esque culture would be, I guess, the Klingons. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that, 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 again, that's something that people can model is, is that sort of, um, you know, where honor and, and so forth is important. Now, again, it's, I, I have a hard time a lot of, a lot of times with the typical, with the standard uh, alignment system in oh, D&D. Yep. So... You know, just la- you know, stamping the label, lawful evil. You know, it kind of bothers me. But um, uh, certainly having having that 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 warlike mentality, that idea, the sense of honor, the sense of, um, uh, you know, you know, that there's a noble conquering, a I guess. Duty, right. kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, thinking of it in those terms, because no one who's evil thinks they're evil. You know, they they think they have a good reason to do what they're doing, and, yeah. and usually it's driven by, you know, their deity or you know a great ancestor who did something wonderful, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and so, you know, that's going to be driving them constantly. This is this is why I do what I do. Absolutely, I don't just do it, I don't just do it because I'm inherently evil. Because then then you're just getting into a two dimensional, 
you know, mustache twirling villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of ruins it. Alignment is something that I hate as a DM, but I love as a player because <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, what would I do here? And I'll look down at the character sheet and it'll help me kind of guide that decision. Mm. Yeah. But the whole idea of, well, this paladin cannot kill this per and it's like but the story but the but the story <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure uh yeah I, I love the idea of you know i had never really thought about that alex but klingons being sort of hobgoblin-esque that's that's perfect uh the hobgoblins in uh Aranoth, my homebrew world are uh they see war as an art they <clears throat> like they don't make paintings they don't create sculptures they wage war and mm-hmm. it's a like a beautiful thing to them. Like they 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 you know witness battles and take place in battles and you know think about the the music and the artistry of it. And they learn about these great battles as one would learn about you know great pieces of music and stuff. And you know now look at look at how this general you know flanked this army. It was it had never been done before, but you know it's just this beautiful movement that he did. And you know now now so many people have have copied what he did there and. Uh, mm. that, you know, that's very Klingon that's actually, cool. you know, the art of war, you know, that kind of, yeah. you know, there's a certain, there's a certain beauty and a certain, uh, satisfaction that comes from waging a particularly, you know, uh, good battle. So, so that's actually a neat, um, that, that just reminds me of something in the old expanded universe of star Wars. That's, uh, you know, from mm-hmm. the air to the empire trilogy, they have a character that I think that, you know, it is super just like that, Matt, where, uh, I'm sure you you've read it, Grand yeah. Admiral Thra- Thrawn, yeah, who researches cultures by studying their art, right, and he knows he can determine how they'll act in battle by studying their cultural art. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's kind of that's, that's actually kind of what inspired mm, the hobgoblins for sure. That's cool, yeah. and yeah. that you know that's a cool thing for a hobgoblin leader to do. You know, really to to b- give them that mastermind, right? Idea, like. Uh, kind of crazy, evil, horrific mastermind type of mentality. That, yeah. That's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would be cool to see a hobgoblin, you know, warlord or, or, or emperor sort of walking around this, this, this war room where you have um, a miniature kind of construction of the terrain in the surrounding area. And he's in there, you know, moving little pieces around and, and, and showing actual battle plans, you know, yeah. rather than, you know, just the, um, I don't know the typical sort of raider mentality. Exactly. You know, ju- yeah. You know, we just you know we raid caravans on this road. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's more like you know I'm I'm setting out to write my greatest symphony with this battle. Yeah. Like, this will be yeah. my magnum opus. You know that kind of thing where it's like we can't just attack like this, even though I know that's the most effective way. No, we have to do it like this because it's never been done before. Yeah. I'm going to try something totally avant-garde with this charge that we're going to do, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, well, I mean, th- even they're if very pretentious at... about this. Yeah. That's what they're pretentious <laughs> they're about. They're pretentious right. about killing war. thousands of people. We are, yeah. we are pretentious about war. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, and even if you look at just the raw stats, like in fifth edition, you know, they, they're, they are intelligent. They are wise. I mean, they, yeah. they, they're, you know, they're good at what they do. Absolutely. So, you know, make them that way. Yeah. Um, um, I was gonna say going back to the uh, the lesser goblins for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're also not necessarily tied to you know any one system's interpretation of them. You know, in other words, you can you can take that 
um, you know, take the idea of goblin and go back into uh, older mythologies, right? And sort of look at how they, you know, talked about goblins and what they were more like um, fey creatures. Yeah, a good example of interesting goblins was in uh, the movie Legend. Ooh, yeah, um, I've seen Legend. They, uh, yeah, they they had some really cool goblins in there. They they were, um, you know, they, cool they were movie. very sinister little things, and and that was that was very cool. Um, Is that Tom so, Cruise. Uh, what? Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was one of those movies where when I when I first went to see it, I didn't like it, and then after I went back and saw it, I liked it because I went in expecting something else. Yeah. You know, I I, I was expecting. You know, sword and sorcery fantasy versus right. more, um, you know, fairy tale fantasy. I right, guess. right. You know, and, and so I went in with different expectations. Yeah. But once I once those expectations were gone, I was I went in and saw it. I was like, oh, okay, this is good now. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so what about bugbears? How do you guys oh, use bugbears? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Like, yeah. Before we take the question, because I I, uh, I adore <laughs> bugbears. Then you tell tell me, Matt, because I I do the stupid bugbear thing. Well, okay, so I, I I do the I do I somewhat do the stupid bugbear thing, but okay, so bugbears I've always thought of them as like like that terrifying hillbilly that you run into on a road trip that like like the hills have eyes type of yeah like like this guy's gonna deliverance this maybe? guy's gonna eat me like just like I feel like. Uh, I, I, and I know, I know, you know, we we're trying to veer away from the alignment thing, but I see, yeah. you know, hobgoblins as lawful evil. I see goblins as neutral evil, and I see bugbears as chaotic evil. I see mm. bugbears as they're like the. If uh, <laughs> I have an episode of Monster Matters on this, but if uh, if hobgoblins are the moxie, right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. goblins are the mooks. The bugbears are the muscle, right? They're like the, mm-hmm. they are pure, unadulterated goblin. They're they are the pure essence of goblin with all reservations stripped away to the point where they take pride and they take pleasure in causing other living things pain and torment. Yeah, and, I always uh, imagine them as like the henchmen, the mafia henchmen. Yeah, like, just like yeah. they they're just mm-hmm. happy doing what they do best, which is normally <clears throat> hurting things. And I always yeah. see them as really skilled trackers, hunters, and outdoorsmen, more so than hobgoblins or goblins. And I've I've used them before as uh, I had a hobgoblin. Uh, he was kind of a minor villain in a campaign that I ran a while ago, who was a uh, a bugbear that worked on his own. Did I say hobgoblin earlier? Yep, you did. Okay, yeah. he's a bugbear. Uh, he's a bugbear that worked alone, <laughs> and he had armor made of human skin, and he was a hunter who hunted other humanoids and would eat them oh. and, and make, you know, stitch their armor or stitch their skin into his armor. And, uh, what, did he give any quests to the players? No. Was he one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the quest. He was the quest. Yeah. It was one of those things where yeah. the players kept hearing about him. And when they finally found him, he's like sitting next to a fire and he's stirring this pot, cooking something in a pot. And he's going, Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the players are just like, what is he cooking? I don't even want to know what's in that pot, man. We've heard stories about this guy. But he was just kind of this terrifying hill person, you know, that when, when they finally found him, he's like, 
what y'all doing here? He's he's in flannel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got one of those hats yeah. that cover the ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the guy that picks up Steve Martin in the pickup truck in Plain Shades and Automobiles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Heard y'all name's Gus. Heard y'all need a lift to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think that's a good way to actually yeah. do a, a bugbear. Another yeah. thing that I had thought of during this episode was... <laughs> Hillbilly uh, Goblins. Uh, yeah, exactly. Was to have the bugbear <laughs> actually, uh, instead of like leading the goblins, uh, yeah. switch it up and have the <laughs> goblins like treat it like the Moria goblins treat the cave troll. The cave like troll, a, yeah. Like a pet yeah. that they can't control type right. of thing. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> he's, the, he's the big, strong, dumb cousin that they're just like, sick him. And he's, his name's Gus. His name's Gus. Like, Take this <laughs> chain off of me. I can walk myself. <laughs> Stop it. Stop hitting me. Oh, jeez. Every bugbear from now on. Yeah. I know. Gus. You know, I, I always kind of thought about bugbears as sort of the uh, the hobgoblins that didn't turn out quite right, and oh, so they yeah. were banished. Okay. You know, they 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 they're, they're kind of like a, a a genetic mutation, they they uh, a deformity. Ooh. So that, you know, when when one of these is born, it's kind of a curse on the family. So they just they take it out and they they, they cast it out in the woods, kind of like the Spartans did with the uh, mm-hmm. you know infants who were weren't quite weren't quite perfect. You know, so they put them out in the woods, and, and the ones who survived became part of the bugbears. You know, that sort of thing. Whoa, nice. that's that's a really cool idea, and it yeah, I, yeah, I actually really like that. And I mean, it, now the name like that kind of fits into the name too. Like, yeah, a bugbear. You know, a boogeyman. That's what a bugbear is. Is a boogeyman. That's right. and I imagine like hobgoblins telling their children, "Don't go out in the woods," or you know, the boogeyman will get you. And the, the, bo- the boogeyman is out there. Yeah, and the boogeyman turn out to be you the know. The boogie bear is out there. Don't go. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> they, you and know, the- they're discarded hobgoblins. That's a that's really yeah. cool, Alex. That's a really cool idea. That's an that idea awesome. I'm gonna steal. I was gonna say we should steal it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a question if you guys are up for it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right, cool. So I'm going to go to facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Uh, not anything to do with fruit roll-ups. Or, or rollup.com, as you said last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go to rollup.com. It's like, what? Has anyone actually put in rollup.com to see what's there? I'm just curious. I'm now. doing it right now. Hold on. All right, oh, cool. God. Please don't. It's going to be something horrible. Is it porn? Yeah. Most likely. Oh, I'm getting the little spinny circle. It's looking real hard. Yeah. Like it's telling me, you don't want to do this. What are you doing? Are you sure you want to do this? This is rollup.com. Have you never heard of rollup.com? <laughs> are you sure you want to do this, Dave? So I don't think it's anything because it's just spinning for me, too. Yep. Oh, <laughs> this web page is not available. Oh. Uh-huh. So someone, someone's sitting on Maybe it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. Right. Um, okay. Oh. So uh, our question. Uh, at <clears throat> facebook.com slash roll up and die. We always take the one with the most likes. Here we mm-hmm. actually have two that are tied, so we're going to answer two questions if you guys want. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Let's. And again, I have not read these yet, so we might have already answered them or gone over them. But uh, the first one is from Martin H. He asks, or he says, I like goblins for their absurd nature. I like hobgoblins for their militaristic nature. However, mm-hmm. bugbears just seem like the generic, big, strong, and dumb monster. 
How can I use them without making them hairy orcs, small ogres, or lame giants? <laughs> well, we kind of we kind of just talked about yeah. that. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I have a great idea. What yeah. if every hobgoblin that's discarded <laughs> becomes the bug? <laughs> that's a great idea, Barker. Where did you come up with that? Yeah. I think that's actually a really good idea that Alex came up with, yeah. separating them from the goblins, from the hobgoblins, because yeah, yeah. goblins are separate from hobgoblins and vice versa, yeah. but bugbears always seem to be kind of intimately tied yeah. by the ankle to both of them right. and yeah. make them separate things. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so there'd be there would be a stigma attached to them, meaning you know if these bugbears would be shunned by the hobgoblins, but... There, there might be times when they would utilize them, like, right. you know, again, in a war, maybe like, uh, you know, conscripted soldiers who they would send in first, you know, so they mm. they uh, they round them up and say, you know, you'll get, you know, we'll get we'll give you this extra food if you run into battle and yeah. kill those guys over there. Right. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm almost picturing the uh, the deformed uh creature that wanted to become a spartan in the 300 in, yeah. in the 300, 300 graphic yep. novel and in the movie you know where it's yeah. like you know i really i really want to be a hobgoblin it's like well <laughs> you know you don't really have the you discipline can't. to be a to be a hobgoblin buddy you know we kind of discarded you because you're a horrible mutant but uh you know mm. if you want to sit on the front lines and charge into battle if you live we'll make you a hobgoblin you know that oh. kind of like pining away to yeah, be let yeah. back into the society or whatever that's actually a good reference at 300 but, yeah, uh, mm. I think ultimately yep. a good way is just to put them in flannel. Yeah, put them in flannel with a flappy hat <laughs> and uh, as snow boots. You know, galoshes. bug bears have gone to plaid. <laughs> yeah, put them in a trailer out in the middle of the woods. You know, cooking meth out there, and yeah, yeah, that's great. It's such a bugbear stereotype. It's they don't such all cook a bu- meth. Exact. Man. I'm sorry. That's racist. Some, Gosh. you know, some stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. <laughs> All the bugbears in Aronoff cook meth. I've never met a bugbear well, that didn't cook meth. It's it's actually oh, kind Jesus. of weird how many bugbears I've met that cook meth. It's it's actually scary. We, it's almost like it's genetic. Oh, great going, guys. We just lost our bugbear audience. Oh, oh damn it! Shucks. Oh man. So our next question. Thanks for that awesome question, actually, Martin. That was good. That was good. Uh, next question is Lee W. Uh, kobolds have traps that, if used effectively, can make a lot of trouble for higher-level parties. How do you make goblins a harder fight for higher-level parties, like, you know, 5 to 7, level 5 to 7, but keep it goblin-themed and not just turn your goblins into mm. kobold copies? Put them into mine carts with blades on the front of them. Get, <laughs> yes. get, get goblin go-karts at absolutetabletop.com today. Give them chainsaws. That's a good thing. <laughs> no, I well, I, I think like when I when I talked about it earlier, we we have them working as a team. Yeah, you know, so it's not just a matter of of them, um, you know, all kind of swarming in like uh, in uh, oh, what was that movie? Oh shit, uh, trilogy of terror. There was mm. the, there was an old movie. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, you ever saw it. You might be too young, but there was a. Uh, they had these three three little movies all kind of tied into one. Oh, but there was yeah. one where this the woman took the uh, the little chain off this little uh, uh, this little doll, uh, this little tribal doll with sharp teeth, and it it released this this evil spirit that where this thing was trying to kill her. Anyway, um, I forget where I was going with that. But, <laughs> uh, but but rather than just have them all kind of swarming around you, just all trying to hit your 
your your your PCs, you know, they're cunning, they're clever, they're not yeah. they're not idiots, they're tribal. So, you know, look at what tribal peoples did when they were up against an opponent that was superior to them. You know, like how, you know, early humans fought uh, saber-toothed tigers or or mm-hmm. um, or, or you know, wanted to bring down a mastodon, they wouldn't. They wouldn't just run up to it and all start just stabbing it. They would lure it into a situation where it couldn't escape. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not specifically setting up traps, but um, you know, you could have a, a small group of these uh, um, these goblins attack. Uh, you know, a few of them get killed and they start running away. And of course, you know. PCs being what they are, they're going to chase after them because we have to kill them all. Yeah. And then they're swarmed from above by, you know, all these other goblins. Yeah, so the trap is, you know, is uh, triggered, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- keep keep in mind that these guys are clever. They mm-hmm. they may not be uh, they may not have the same um, uh, level of technology, the same level of, of strategy, but they know how to hunt. Yeah. yeah. And that and that's what they do. So they treat them as hunters, and 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 the PCs as the prey, and nice. I think that's going to be a a very different uh, feel to it. Yeah, uh, what I would probably do there are a couple things. Once uh, I think Chris Perkins did something uh, in his blog. He talked about uh, goblins. There were epic level goblins, and basically some <laughs> detonated themselves and yeah. caused area oh, damage. Nice. Yeah, nice. And so that's kind of a fun little. It's a little more whimsical, I think, depending on how you do it. But yeah, uh, one of the things that I would do is I would instead of I, I would lose the <clears throat> s. I would not pluralize goblins. I would reskin something that's you know good for a higher level party like five to seven mm-hmm. and make it one goblin and have that one goblin be the big baddie. Yeah. that mm-hmm. your players' characters are always kind of hunting or looking for, or they're always like two steps behind, and they've got to stop this 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 goblin. Right. So I would yeah. th- that that's a I think that's an interesting take because oh that's cool yeah, yeah. it's not like, really something like, kind of kind of like a Hannibal Lecter of goblins you know yeah who, he's he's really brilliant for a goblin right yes and, and and even compared to humans you know maybe he's brilliant and so yeah. they're not they're, they're kind of not expecting it. Right. He's he's yeah. Matt's spider vacuum, but a goblin. <laughs> yeah. He's the goblin that made it out of the vacuum of, out of the auric. Out of the out of the auric. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that's an obscure reference. Well yeah. That's a callback. You can that's lift it up with your pinky. Yeah. I always love that commercial because the lady always lifts it up with her pinky. Yeah. But if you look at her face, she's like, oh my God, this is so she's heavy. straining, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea to do this. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> They're not paying me enough. If you're really wanting to piss your players off, you could always throw a nil bog at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First off, check Locrius's video. On nil bogs, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I just... I remember first reading about a nil bog and being like, what pissed off DM made this monster? <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. Like, you hit it and it regains hit points. You have to heal it to hurt it. That's horrible. <laughs> and nil bog is goblin backwards. backwards. So everything is yeah. reversed around it. It's like, this is... <laughs> This is dumb. <laughs> this is I'm using dumb. it. Yeah, yeah. No, but there, I if mean, you, there, yeah. If yeah. you sparingly, it could be cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. yeah. it could, yeah. And you can, I mean, Locrius does it in his video where he's like, you know, maybe it's a, a goblin that got trapped in the far realms for a while and then came back all messed up and stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. has this weird reversing magic around it. But, yeah, well, it would just I mean, piss everybody you, off. 
<laughs> well, and you could have a really cool sort of, um, you know, uh, unique goblin goblin culture where, you know, maybe they don't want to kill the kill the PCs right away. Maybe they want to save them for a sacrifice, right? Ma- you know, for for their you know profane god, or maybe they want to eat them. Maybe they're cannibals, right? Well, right. Yeah. Technically, technically, it's not cannibalism, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> they they, they want to eat the the PCs. Yeah. And and on a, on a side note. That that's one of the really grim things people fail to notice in Return of the Jedi is that originally the Ewoks wanted to eat them. Yeah, they were they getting ready They're to. Cook that's them just up. gonna that's gonna glossed over. You yeah. know, it's like we're gonna eat. You know, yeah. Han and, Dude, and, and food the is, rest. Food is you know. scarce <laughs> on the moon of Endor. In, 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 a, in a the forest in the, of Endor? In the forest, yeah, wildlife teeming. Yeah, moon of Endor. no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But hey, then this yeah. is like a delicacy. Human? Have you ever? I mean, come on. Ain't never had human exactly. before. Yeah. The point is, they were gonna eat them. Yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, having having these goblins, it, it adds a new level of sort of threat. Even even just psychologically, they know that these guys aren't just trying to kill them. They want to eat them. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's like ooh. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is, this, Something. This is, uh, uh, this is pretty grim. Yeah. Something I've always thought about doing is I like the idea of, you know, there's, you know, goblins have varying skin colors, you know, that like Barker was mm. saying, you know, typically they're green, but you can have red and yellow yeah. and brown goblins. Oh, yeah. I've always liked the idea of, of doing like a, like a caste system within like goblin society and having them all oh, serve neat. different purposes. And so if you see like a red goblin, you're like, run, these ones blow up, you know, like we got to get out of yeah. here. <laughs> and having like, you know, different names for all the different yeah, kinds yeah. of goblins. Like, oh, that's a sparky. You want to stay away from that one. That it's one's a stabby. Sparky. You want to stay away from that one, too. <laughs> yeah, that so I, I've always thought about doing something like that, but I've never got up to gumption to write down all the different colors and the different purposes they well, serve. But. Yeah, well, it could be based on a lot of different things. It could oh, be, yeah. you know, something as simple as a tattoo. Maybe they, oh, they're right, chosen yeah. a different way. Different or, brands and things. Um, like. You know, what, the ones that have hair or eye color, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. you can do all sorts of absolutely um, yeah. things like that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. So I hope that we answered your question, Lee. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Of course we did. Yeah, yeah. and now did. it's time to create an idea to steal. Uh, wasn't it, was there a second question? Uh, that was the second question. Lee's, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah we, we answered, we answered one about a bugbear too. The bug oh bear. right, okay. Yeah. We can answer a third one if you want. Let's do an idea. Oh, here's here. I'll answer the third one right here. Oh, okay. I hate to be that guy, but when is the theocracy episode going to be <laughs> uploaded? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to answer your question, yeah, we've had technical difficulties and then went on a break. And and then we had technical difficulties again today because I'm an idiot. And so that last episode that okay, I have to put myself where am I now? I am one week. I'm at, I'm on Sunday. I'm one week from today. Last time last episode, the episode before this one, we had to take off and then put back on cuz there was a rogue technical difficulty during the episode yeah. we've just had a lot of issues okay yeah we're just all right you know, we're getting back into the swing of it we're still you know we're on the bike we're pedaling we're teetering a little bit but we're not falling off the bike quite yet yeah it's exactly. gonna be out stop bothering us <laughs> <laughs> no but actually i that's a really good question so maybe we were thinking yeah. about like uh it's good to be one episode ahead just in case but we also like to ask the question and then release it right away so right. maybe we'll just yeah. you know release it sometime this week for fun yeah sure yeah yeah, so Bonus. that that'll answer your question. Yeah. Now let's make an idea that people can steal. Ah, idea okay. you can steal. That's my jingle. Uh, idea you can steal. Yeah, I don't know. Mine is probably more of a idea you can steal. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. What, what's let's yours go else? with that. Okay. 
No, Alex, what's yeah, yours? Alex, okay. Nope, no, no. You already called it. Nope. Here we get okay. it. Okay, all right. So what it do it is it do it again, Barker. Idea you can I can't idea. <laughs> idea you can steal. Yeah, because you have to start on one, two, and you start idea. on two and you start on I can't two be and. like idea you can steal. Yeah. That's weird. Idea you can steal. Yeah, you have to have the dia you you have to have yeah. it run into each other. I like and it. And then it's like steal. Yeah. That, that's trademarked. Steal. Like it's side change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so right. uh, anyway. that was the Matt, idea you can got, steal. So uh, yeah, that was it. So <laughs> yeah. enjoy that little uh, jingle for your game. <laughs> you're, you're listening, pleasure. Oh my gosh, like forty minutes of this episode is all ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> it's for all. It's for all. It's all for so you, normal? David Bowie. Yeah, it's all for you, David Bowie. So yeah, so normal. So yes, uh, so ideal they can steal. Matt, yes, yes. Thank you, Alex. Matt, go ahead and roll dice. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to make a goblin tribe? Do you want to make an adventure? What do you guys think? Mm. How about we make we roll the die and then that person decides what yep, we make? That sounds good. Okay, so uh, one to two is Barker, oh, three to four is Alex, five to six is me. That's a one. So that's Barker. It's, you never roll you, Matt. You know that? No, I know. I I know. <laughs> I I would like to make <clears throat> I would like to make an adventure. I, I love making adventures. So that's what we're going to make. We're going to make an adventure involving goblins that are interesting. All right. You want to kick us off or you want me to roll again? Sweet. Oh, roll again. Roll again. I don't okay. want to start. Right. Jeez. Okay, cool. Oh, that's me. Okay, six. That's me, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Goblin adventure. Uh, so the goblins have been uh, growing bold as of late in the area that the PCs are in. But the weird thing is, is that they've been stealing something uncharacteristic of them. Uh, normally they steal uh, weapons or food or supplies, or they run off with livestock or crops, but they're actually stealing <laughs> something that no one can quite figure out why they're stealing it. Uh, that's Alex. Oh, shit. Okay, um, <laughs> all right, so, um, they are stealing copper, nice. and they're stealing, a, and they're stealing a lot of it, um, I mean, uh, you know, their caravans raided, and, and gold is just, you know, spilled onto the ground, but they're stealing the copper, and, and, uh, and, and, and no one really knows why, they're, they're ignoring all the other, all the other metals, and and even other things they might have stolen otherwise, so that they're they're, they're taking this copper, and uh, uh, what they're doing with it is they are creating a uh, uh, an artifact of some kind. Ooh, nice. Um, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. You get a roll. It's part of it's part of the thing. Barker, that's you. It's part of the thing, Matt. It's part of the thing that we do. <laughs> so, actually, I think this is the most difficult one because I have to come up with copper with what copper is used for. But uh, okay, so in the first part of the adventure, <laughs> the player characters are kind of stopping this attack, maybe. Uh, but maybe some goblins get away, or either way, the townsfolk will say they, they they've been stealing the copper. Like, what would they possibly use that for? I mean, it's not even that valuable to us, or something like that. Maybe they don't need it as much as. You know, they need their livestock. Um, and, uh, or maybe they steal the money, but they only take the copper pieces. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. a really cool way to start it. Like, why are they using copper pieces? And perhaps uh, I know there's a spell in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition where you can uh, mm-hmm. a copper piece will allow you to uh, get into someone's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what it's called, but I would say that their leader or the person behind it all is either needing many, many, many copper pieces for this, or they're trying to construct this device to allow a large-scale mind control. Oh, man. Nice. I like the idea, tying in Alex's idea that it's an artifact. I like the idea mm-hmm. that it's like a headpiece, like they're making like a like a big copper helmet that the like mm. lead goblin is putting on, and when the PCs get there... He like just starts controlling their mind like mind flayer style with this copper oh, headpiece on. Yeah, e- even better because if they're stealing all this copper, it's gonna be something big. So maybe maybe it's like a whole throne with like a headpiece oh, over it yeah. that they have to like sit in and and yeah, and, uh, it's like a, it's like a goblin yeah. cerebro, like the goblin yes. right, right. sitting in it controlling right. mind. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I'm gonna steal and so, it. So who's the lead villain? Is it a hobgoblin? Is it a bugbear? Is no, it no, a no. It's got, it's, got, it's got to be a regular goblin. Yeah, I, I mean, see it as like a regular goblin. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. But 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 one of one of the one of the aberrations who's really smart, you know. Uh, so, you know, maybe if uh, if we're doing this in a, as an adventure, the PCs encounter a lot of the typical goblins, and maybe as a GM, you know, thinking in meta terms, you, you know, you put in a lot of the typical or maybe stereotypical goblins of, <laughs> you know, and and so that they're, they're expecting all that kind of stuff as they go through, but when they get to him, he's really smart, yeah, and smarter yeah. than they expected, and scarier you know? looking, and he yeah. doesn't, Ex- like, yeah, yeah, he speaks common, unlike yeah. the goblins or something like like it's very, oh. that's a really good idea. Create this dichotomy between yeah. the two, so your players are really surprised when they, yeah, meet. ooh, and his, well, and, and, and his and, name and, is and maybe use, well, oh, good. I was just gonna say his name is Chief Copperhead. Ah, nice, yeah, because yeah. that's what they would call him. Yeah, that's not cheesy at all. Yeah, man, it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, you want to fight about it? No. Let me roll a dice. But... <laughs> Rock, fight. paper, scissors right now. Which fight, did fight. you throw? Which did you throw? You tell me first. No, you You, you tell, tell me. me. Okay. But but maybe the uh, maybe he has changed physically, too. Maybe the, the use of this uh, device or the... Maybe he's experimented with it, but it's changed him physically. You know, kind of like uh, Emperor Palpatine. You know, the Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Where he, you know, it, it, the the... the Using the, using the dark side of the force has begun to sort of corrupt him, that sort of thing. Right. No, that was electricity that did that? No, Alex. no, Barker, that's not how it happened. <laughs> I know. How, I, how do you, what? I'm not I'm sure what source material you're referencing there. Yeah. It's not anything that Jeez. I'm aware of. Guys, where I, am I've I? Never seen, I've never seen that. Where am I? I just woke um, up here. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, one thing you want to do, this is this you might want to do in your game. This I love doing stuff like this. Um. But never put any bugbears or hobgoblins in your world. And then this one person that's using this device used to be a goblin, but is now a more menacing version of a goblin because this device has corrupted them and therefore becomes the first hobgoblin. And he's like, I'm going to create more. I'm going to create an entire... Yeah. I'm going to create an entire McDonald's full of... (laughs) Hobgoblin employees, and we're just going to give the greatest service. He he, he, <laughs> he is he is the Davros of the of the uh, hobgoblins. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. He's the Davros of the hobgoblins. Yep. 
That's a really good reference. Uh, good analogy. So I thought this episode was productive. That was fun. Yeah, man. I think we we did my boy David Bowie proud. And his, I think uh, so too, man. Because yeah, he is I agree. the Goblin King now and forever. Absolutely. And I think that you know, Matt, you sent me, a, you sent us a message earlier today about um, something that I think it was your uncle had said. Yeah. That that I I firmly believe and I feel this way every single time someone that's like a celebrity or an influential person passes away, and it's that you know, I was never their friend, but they were mine. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. you know it's just put on some david bowie guys i recommend uh space oddity uh, oh and did did yeah. you see that one that uh was uh was made on the iss yes Mm-mm. yep that I did. was awesome oh, so oh, good cool. such a good cover it was it was brilliant yeah you should and, definitely check it abs- out. absolutely perfect yeah yeah well definitely yeah check out some david bowie and uh my name is barker and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And uh, uh, ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> That's pretty far out, man. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.